that, looking at events around the world, looking at things that go on, and sometimes even in our own communities. And quite often, more often than not, we tend to forget how to treat each other. And as Christians, we should have a better understanding of what it's like to treat each other the right way. Um, people who haven't accepted Christ, of course, they're going to have a little harder go at it. Um, mm -hmm. The Bible tells us no one is good, not one, that God is good, and it's when you're with God that you start to act good. And I've seen that in other writings also that C.S. Lewis is famous for not saying, um, paraphrasing, of course, I don't have the exact quote, all things are good when they point toward God. It's when they point away from Him that things become bad. And that was, I believe, in a response to how can a good God allow bad things? And he, he was responding, saying to the people, it's not that He allows bad things, it's that people and things get turned away from him and they become bad. Um, I've seen that over and over again. A lot of people like, how can you be on this social media site or how can you watch TV, this channel or that channel? And I'm like, if you're using it for the purpose of glorifying God, it's just a tool. The internet is just a tool. Telephones are just a tool. Television is just a tool. It's how you use it and what intent you have behind it that matters. Uh, people who are friends with me on Facebook will notice that the little tagline on my homepage says uh, dad jokes and Jesus quotes. <laughs> That's pretty much what I post. <laughs> uh, but Paul would tell you if he was here today that it's not a new concept of people not acting the way they ought to. That it's as old as time itself that people don't act the way they should. We can see it in the very first set of siblings, Cain and Abel. It was in how they presented their gift to God. Jealousy arose, and we see the first recorded murder. We see it between ja um, Jacob and Esau. And it seems like it's always siblings that have these problems, that always have these fights. And when you think about that, we're all supposed to be brothers and sisters in Christ. So we tend to fight. We tend to have arguments with each other and we forget how we should treat each other. That this isn't our church. We like to call it, hey, this is my church down the road over here. It's not. It's God's church. We're all a part of His church. It's the body of Christ, not ours. And we busy ourselves worrying about what other parts of the body should be doing. And Paul writes in Colossians chapter 3 beginning in verse 12. He's telling the people of Colossae how they should be acting and how they should be treating each other. And before this particular piece of scripture, he gives a list of things they ought not be doing. But then he gives a list of things they ought be doing. And that starts in verse 12. It says, Therefore, as God's chosen ones, holy and dearly loved. See, he identifies us as chosen by God. 
that we are holy and loved by God. So bear that in mind when you think about how you should be acting and treating each other. It says, put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving one another if anyone has a grievance against another. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you are also to forgive. Above all, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity, and let the peace of Christ to which you were also called in one body rule your hearts and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell richly among you in all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another through psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. You see, Paul is telling us to change our focus, to not be so concerned with worldly things or human doctrines or man-made rules, but to simply show compassion to one another. When you see your friend hurting, comfort them. When you see your friend in trouble, help them. That's compassion. It says to have kindness, to lend a helping hand. You see someone down on their luck and you help them out. It's a little bit of kindness. To have humility, to be humble. Humility, a lot of people want to dis- define as thinking less of your, you know, thinking less of yourself. And again, C.S. Lewis, one of my favorite authors, I go back to him. He said, humility isn't thinking less of yourself; it's thinking of yourself less. It's not that you put yourself down to a lower standard, but that you lift others up. It's where you place your concern. That's humility. You can have the nicest of everything and still be humble. Because you're not worried that you have the nicest of everything, but that you're taking time to care for others. And it's a concept that I think the world misses a lot because they see humility and, hum- and being humble and they think, oh, well, it's a show. You're, you're just, you're just going to live a simple life. And that's not always true. It's thinking of yourself less. He also says to be gentle with others. A lot of times we want to correct people and we get harsh with them. It's okay to correct people. But sometimes we need to take a gentle hand to listen better. Sometimes we need to be firm with them. That's where admonishing comes in a little bit later. We have to be firm with them also. But we also have to be patient. And that's a hard one for a lot of us. I know I'm not always the most patient. And I don't live with people who are always the most patient. (laughs) And in this fast-paced world, it's hard to be patient. When you have information at the touch of a button. When you can order something and have it to you the next day. Sometimes you can have it to you that day. 
it's hard to be patient. Patience gets lost. The older generations have a better understanding of patience when you place the order and you wait 10 weeks. When you need a part for a car or a tractor or something like that, and you have to wait a couple of months for it to come in. You learn patience the hard way. We have to have patience with others too. Because everybody learns and grows at different rates. It don't always happen right away. You have a loved one who's lost and in bad conditions or a bad lifestyle and you're trying to minister to them, it's not going to change overnight. It takes patience. It takes love, compassion, and gentleness to guide them in the right path. A soft light of a candle is easier to look at and walk toward than the bright light of a spotlight. So you have to be gentle with them. But he also tells us to be bearing with one, with one another. That means that we have to endure those trials alongside of them. The Bible tells us to mourn with those who mourn and to rejoice with those who are rejoicing. It's walking the road with them, taking time to be that type of friend and family member to others. And then you think that this would be the most important, but he says, forgiving one another if anyone has a grievance against another. And that's really, really hard. Because forgiving don't always mean forgetting. And they don't always mean trusting others. But it does mean letting them know that you're not holding that against them. And we're going to move forward in the relationship from there. And that's what God did for us over 2,000 years ago on a cross. He had it all planned out. I'm going to forgive them. Wipe the slate clean right here and we're going to start over. And that promise is there for the taking. For anybody to reach out and grasp and say, I accept that forgiveness that's already been given. See, none of these kind of mindsets are even possible without God. And the only way to God is through Christ. Because it's that act of forgiving. But that act of forgiving came because of love. And that's why Paul says in verse 14, above all, and he puts so much emphasis on this, above all, put on love. Above all, love each other. That means through the hard times. It means through the good times. It means no matter the circumstance. We have too many people in this world they'll love you while things are going good. They'll be your friend. They'll be your family member while things are going good. But when the road gets rough, they're off the boat. They're done. They're through with the trip. Because they want the easy road. And God doesn't say just take the easy road. He says to walk through all things. Bear all things with each other. That takes love, and that takes real love, the type of love that was shown on the cross. He died for us. Not too many people are ever going to do that for you. Not unless they know you. A stranger would not die for you. 
that tells me that Christ knows all of us personally. He was willing to die for us because he loved us and he still loves us. And it's that love that can unify God's church, that can bring it together as one body. We have too much division in the church throughout the world. Well, I'm a Baptist or a Methodist, Catholic or Pentecostal, I'm Presbyterian or Lutheran, Nazarene or whatever else, <laughs> apostolic. There's so many different denominations, they're just parts of the same body. The hand can't tell the foot what to do, any more the ear can tell the nose how to smell. Each part has its own role to play in the body of Christ. It takes love of common denominator, which is God, through Christ, to bring the body together. Love can unite us as one church, His church, the church that belongs to God. Not one religion throughout the entire world, but one church through Christ. Regardless of what you call yourself. And it takes Christ to do that. And then Paul tells us, And let the peace of Christ, to which we, you were also called in one body, rule your hearts and be thankful. once we have love and we're living this lifestyle to where we forgive one another to where we are compassionate and kind and gentle to each other we can have peace among us and it comes through Christ and for that we can be thankful we're entering the season of thanksgiving we're in a season of thanksgiving I think we already entered it <laughs> and it's such an important holiday not just to us here in the United States, but throughout the world, so many other countries have adapted their own form of Thanksgiving because they've seen that it is a time that we take a moment and calm down and we reflect on what others before us have done and we become thankful for that. That we wouldn't even be here to argue if it weren't for them. Be thankful for the peace that Christ gives us. When that happens, we get that peace. And when we show love to one another, we get that peace. And we learn to listen to His Word. Which He has given us so freely and so much through all different blessings. For all over 400 years, we've had it in the English language, which is almost considered a sin before that. And since then it's been translated into nearly every language in the world so that it can be shared without end and still being translated. And you wouldn't think there'd be that many languages, but there are. There are so many languages. And language is ever-changing, so it's constantly retranslated. But we get to share the world 
the word with the world. It says, let the word of Christ dwell richly among you. In all wisdom, teaching. We get to teach each other when we come together in the love of Christ. We get to learn from each other. We get to grow together. We get to become a more blessed and united family. But we also have to admonish one another. And I wrote down the meaning of that word just so I wouldn't get it wrong. It means to warn and reprimand firmly. So many people want the good side of being family. And want the good side of love, the warm and fuzzy feelings. They forget that sometimes love means discipline. Love means warning. If you see someone walking toward a cliff, you warn them because you don't want them to get hurt. If they keep walking, you reprimand them because you want them to understand the danger. That's not hate. That's not bigotry. That's not cruelty. That's love. You see people walking in sin. You see your loved ones walking in sin. You're warning them. It's not cruelty. It's not hatred. It's love. And it's out of love that we warn them. And when they continue, you reprimand them. You get firmer with them. A little more serious about it. The world wants you to think that you're being hateful and bigots and mean. But you're not. Because they don't understand what love is beyond the warm and fuzzies. They just don't get it. Because they don't know what true love is. They see the, the fake, made-up type of love that the world has to offer where everything's good and sunshine and roses when it gets too hard you can leave. That's not the way real love works. Real love works by working through the problems. By holding the hand of someone you know is going downhill and just sharing time with them. Staying by their side when it looks like there's no hope. And no matter what, always trying to point them in the right direction. To the best possible path, the one that leads to Christ. Even when it seems like they don't want to hear. But you do that through your not just your words, but your actions also. He says to do all this through psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. He's saying sing together, praise together, pray together. when you don't know what to say, what to sing, or what to praise or pray, pray the Word. 
go through the Psalms. It's a great book. And there are some really great songs that were written in there for the sole purpose of praising God. This last verse is the verse that I really want to leave you with. Because we are in season of thanksgiving. So as we go through this season and through the next season and the next season, whatever you do in word or in deed, do everything, everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Not just some things, not nitpicking, but everything. Even if it's just your day-to-day, everyday job. Paul told us in other scripture to work as if you're working for the Lord and not for man. You know, I really hated my job at some point. And I changed my attitude to that where I'm not there for them. I'm there to support my family and to honor God. And I started to like my job again. Because when you change the direction you're working for, you change your heart and your mind about why you're there. And it becomes a lot better place. Do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, we come humbly to you. And we ask that you guide us and you direct us and you put your word in our hearts so that we can lead others to you. And that if we're not a part of your family, Lord, we ask that you give us the nudge we need to come to the altar and offer ourselves to you and to offer our lives to you, Lord, so that we can be a part of that family and know what love is. And if anyone is in need of any prayer, in need of any comfort, the altar is open. And I ask that if they're willing and if they're able, they can come down to the altar. And if it's to give their heart to you, Lord, give them that nudge and if it's just to ask for special prayer or ask for comfort or healing give them that nudge also Lord the altar is open for so many purposes and it's about laying our lives down for you and it's about sharing our struggles with you and it's there for each of us to gather around those loved ones so that we can pray with them and comfort them and show your love and your grace I ask that you put your grace and your love on our hearts and minds to share with others. Guide us through this world so that others can see you through us and be drawn to you, to your light, and learn to walk in your path. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.